of it to try and sum it up in kind of two short points because I'll send you a video which is about 10 minutes long which gives a bit more detail on it. There's two reasons for it. One is to just worship together um, in an extended time. So basically anybody who wants to, uh, who would like to worship and really get deep into worship on about for about two hours, that's the main thing. First of all, just you know anyone who wants to, we can get together, we can worship, we can just see where it goes. We can have a very free space and just get very deep into worship. So that's that's one of the things. A second reason for it is it's a way we want to kind of expand um, possibilities for people who want to develop their own musical worship um, or just who would like to, maybe you've never played an instrument before, maybe you don't want to play an instrument, maybe, you're, maybe you sing a bit and you're interested in maybe developing it a bit. And essentially the way that it works is we'll have a lot of musicians who've been worshipping a lot with their musical instrument and it's open for anybody to come along and bring an instrument. There'll also be a load of instruments there. So anyone who has a bit of an interest in maybe developing on an instrument or developing as a vocalist, it's also a way to stand around and see other people worshipping um, who've been doing it for a bit longer and try to pick up um, a bit of what they've got. And it's, it's, it's a way of us maybe casting the net a bit wider as well and seeing if anybody um, trying to draw people into into the worship team, as it were. I mean, we're all the worship team. You know, we're just the people at the front. But it's just, it's, it's so it's those two things. Anyone who would like to just come and worship for an extended period of time and anyone who'd like to develop a little bit musically or vocally. Um, and, yep, and Flix can say something too. Yeah. Um, so just to add to that, um, I should have come up with him. I thought this might happen. Um, it's not just for people who want to do instruments. If you want to just sing and develop your prophetic worship, maybe singing out and that kind of thing. This would be a really good space to do that. Everything will be acoustic. There will be no microphones, nothing like that. And it, will be, it won't be here. It will be at Cambridge Leadership College in their kind of basement, which has a nice low ceiling. So it's not very echoey or anything like that. So you'll be able to be totally safe and comfortable to experiment on your instrument or with your voice or whatever you want to do if you want to bring anything. Or if you don't want to bring anything and you want to just come and worship, that's fine too. Um, so Cambridge Leadership College, 7.30. It's, we, we'll put the postcode in the email, um, but it's in the centre of town just after you come over the bridge towards the station on Brooklands Avenue, I think it's called. Yeah, But we'll put the address and the postcode yeah, in the email. Um, so yeah, 7.30, two hours of worship. Bring your instruments if you want to. Cool. Oh, seven till nine, actually. But we'll put that details in there. Cool. If you can walk miracles with voices, I'll come. Yeah, um, today, hoo, 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 we have an amazing woman of God. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and this is not a build-up, this is the truth. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, I'm just going to call Olive, is um, preaching this morning, sharing the word, and when she preaches or teach, teaches, I preach, she teaches, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she brings life. Um, where God brings life through her. So as she comes to teach, um, I'm always looking forward. I can't see any prop-up. Yeah, there will be prop-ups there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so right now I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together. Father, we thank you, Father, God, for another opportunity to hear from heaven this morning, both prophetically, Father God, to speak to our hearts, so as Olive speaks this morning, Lord, I ask that you bypass our mind, you bypass our physical reasoning, and that you speak directly into our hearts. Father, give us, Father, that release your spirit of revelation, Father, that we can grasp what the spirit is saying through her this morning. 
So, Father, I just pray, oh God, right now, for the spirit of utterance to fall upon only, Father God, prophetic um, uh, quickening, Father God, to rest upon her, Father God. Lord, I pray, oh God, Father, that even as she speaks prophetically, Father, today, Father, let there be um, a greater understanding of what you are showing her in picture of what she's hearing even as she speaks, that she, as she will speak as she hears it without dilution in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for the spirit to receive, Father, from you, through her, to us, and the spirit for us to understand and to receive from her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, team. Good job. God's given us all different gifts to do things with, isn't it? Good. Um, so those of you that were here last week heard Jenny talk to us on prayer. And I think for me, that was, I mean, it was a fantastic talk in and of itself, but it was also a really good pre-talk for today. Um, so there's a verse, isn't there, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, which says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or fleshly in some versions, but mighty in God, and again another version says, have divine power for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and to the obedience of God. And Yolanda, she talked to us last week about prayer, and prayer is one of those such weapons, isn't it? And what I feel like the Spirit of God put on me to talk, talk about today <laughs> is another one of those weapons, and the weapon I want to talk to you about today is the weapon of praise. 
Now, I know we've had a couple of talks on this recently. I know Roger did one, and Mark also talked on it. And it's easy to think, oh, we've talked. But actually, this is impressed in my spirit. And so if that's what God says we need to hear, then we need to hear it. Sometimes there's a fresh take because somebody different does it. Sometimes it's because actually there's more revelation we need. Or sometimes it's just because the Spirit is impressing something on us that we need to be hearing. So today I want to talk about the weapon of praise. I'm going to just give you a little bit of background as to, as to why that's been mulching around in, in, in my spirit for a while. And then I'll tell you kind of a bit of the, the plan as to what I'm going to hope to achieve this morning. So some of you know that a group of us went to David's tent in the summer, um, David's tent being a 36-hour worship um, event. And it was in one of those, sorry, oh, 72, can't do math, sorry, yeah, 72-hour worship. Well, clearly, I didn't make the whole 72. Um, um, it's a worship event. And in one of those times, um, we were just praising worship. I can't even remember the context, but I remember God really saying to me um, and, and having this prayer to God saying, and seeing this weapon of praise. And now it was not something new to me. It was something that already had been stirred in my spirit over probably many years, actually, but had been sort of developing and growing more. But I just found myself seeing in the spirit this, and it was a sword. It doesn't have to be a sword, um, but it was a sword in this instance. And I found myself saying, God, I want to wield the weapon of praise with authority. I want to wield the weapon of praise with faith. And I want to understand what can happen both in the natural and in the spiritual realms when we wield that weapon of praise. And God, I just find myself saying, God, teach me to wield the weapon of praise. So that's kind of been going on in my spirit. You're like, God, I want to learn this. And alongside of that, I've been thinking for some time, you know, the phrase that we pray a lot, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we talk a lot about bringing the kingdom of heaven into earth, don't we? We talk about it a lot with healing and about what's in heaven being here. And I've been thinking quite a lot about praise and music and worship and singing and how like in heaven, it's only ever to God who sits on the throne. It's only ever to the lamb that was slain. So the songs, the music, the worship, praise that goes on in heaven, it's all about him. But down here on earth, it's got a bit muddied and we all know why. Because <laughs> Satan doesn't like it when God receives praise and glory. He wants other people to have it, doesn't he? I think I talked on that last time. But it gets muddied and it becomes a thing about people and it becomes about something that people get honored in. And like on my heart, I'm saying, God, let it be on earth as it is in heaven in terms of praise and in terms of worship, just as it is in heaven. And I've been thinking about how like we need to get the sound of heaven onto earth. We need to get the sound of his praise onto earth. There's a sound of many, pe many people get praised on earth, don't they? But there's only one in heaven, God the Father and Jesus the Son. It's only one three and one. Only one that gets that praise, and we want to bring that here on earth. And I'm really stirred to say, God, I want to be a part of a people that make your praise known, make your praise known, that, is, that, that gets, gets it out there, that you alone. And so this whole thing about worshiping on the streets, which we've done for a while now, is just a fantastic opportunity to do that for me, and I'll kind of refer back into that a little bit later. But wherever we are and whatever we're doing, um, I'm saying, God, I want to be a person that, that brings your praise, that makes you renowned in all the earth, in the bits of the earth that I'm on. So there are those two things um, going on in the background that I feel kind of set the scene for me so that when I came to really look at this and prepare this, um, God spoke out of that. So I hope that kind of just helps set a bit of that scene for you. So I want to read this verse. This is my key verse for you today. It's Hebrews chapter 13. I wrote it big so that I couldn't, didn't have to faff about trying to find it. <laughs> Hebrews 13 verse 15. Through him, that's Jesus then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge or confess his name. 
So what I want to do is help us to know what that looks like, help us to know what that means. So I'm going to do a bit of my W8 questions on you today. You know, who, what, where, when, why, how? Yeah, W8 questions. I work with language. <laughs> who, what, where, where, why, when, how? It won't be in that order, but they'll all be in there somewhere. All right. Um, so the Bible tells us to continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. So I started looking at that verse and what that verse meant. All right. And so I want to start on helping us to know what is praise and how do we do it. All right. Because if we've got this weapon, we need to know what it can do, don't we? Because if we don't know what it can do or what it contains or what it looks like, it's a bit hard to wield it, isn't it? So I say the word praise now, and then if I took a spot check, we'd probably all have slightly different ideas of what, what was entailed in that. They probably wouldn't all be wrong or right. There's, there's a lot in there. What I want to do is perhaps open your eyes a little bit to some of the things that I, I found in the scriptures that praise is about. It won't be an exhaustive list. You'll probably be able to tell me things that I've missed off. I'm not planning to be exhaustive or you'd be exhausted. Yeah, but there's going to be some key ones that I think, I'm learning well off, Roger. <laughs> um, there's going to be some key things that I think that we need to be hearing today about this. So um, I'm going to also do a little bit of Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> but apologies, apologies for the pronunciations of which I have no clue. Um, <laughs> so this verse, the word in this Hebrews verse about a sacrifice of praise to God comes from this Greek word. Aeneas? I don't know. Anyway. And it means the act of praising um, or a thank offering. All right? So that's the Greek word in here. I'm going to put that in the bottom here, my flower. <laughs> trying to find a way that I can hang these up so I don't get in a muddle with all my bits of paper. The act of praising, a thank offering. And it's in, in the New Testament. It's throughout the New Testament. Lots of things. To Peter, proclaiming the excellencies of him who saved you. But then I started thinking about this thing about confession. You know, it's... it's a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge or confess him. And in Romans 10, verse 9, we get this word confess, which the Greek is homologio. Yeah? Now, this, this really excites me, all right? So what does homologio mean? To confess. Yeah, we know that. That's what I've just said. To agree, to concede, to profess. Oh, look, to praise and to celebrate. Don't you think that's interesting? I did. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, that there's this link, right, between our confession and praise. Yeah, there's a link between confession and praise. Now, the classic verse, isn't there, about salvation is Romans 10, verse 9. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth or the lips one confesses and is saved. Now, I grew up in a good brethren tradition, so I thought that was, you know, just that moment there where I believed it, and then I had to say, I believe in Jesus now, and that got me saved. There's so much more to confession than that, and I think we're probably a little bit more enlightened now, aren't we? And Mark teaches us very well, doesn't he, about salvation being sozo, being made whole. So we know that at the moment when we accept Jesus into our lives as our Lord, we know that we are changed. The old man has gone, the new man has come. But we also know that it's a process, don't we? That we are continually, the spirit lives in us, but we're continually learning to live and to walk by the spirit. And I think this whole thing about confession and being saved, being made whole, for me, there's that whole thing about, it's not just my once confession, but it's my ongoing confession of who God is, of what he's like, that actually helps me to become whole, to come into that sozo, that yeah. salvation that God has got for me. So that's why I think that, that the fact that that root word, praise, was in both those things, I think, ah, that was interesting. That's my, the way my mind works. So I want to take you to a story that really gives an illustration of this. It's found in Luke chapter 17. And it's starting in verse 11. 
As he went on his way to Jerusalem, it occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going on into the village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance, and they raised up their voices and called, Jesus, Master, take pity and have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of them, seeing that he was cured, turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was there none found to return and recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner? And God said, and he said to him, get up, go on your way. Your faith has restored you to health or your faith has made you whole. So we see in that one, there was one that went back and praised, that actually acknowledged, went back to find Jesus and praised him for what had happened. He didn't just get his cleansing like they all did. He was made whole. Yeah. There's something different between being cleansed and being made whole. And I don't know about you, but I don't just want to be cleansed of my sin. I want to be made whole. I want to come into the inheritance of everything that Jesus has won for me on the cross. And one key way for that is for us to begin to confess and express our praise. Now, the word praise in that passage is this one. Doxazo. Which means extol, praise, magnify, celebrate, honor, make glorious, make renowned. Right. So I know you're not going to remember all of these words necessarily, but people thinking, oh, there's a new one in there. Like make renowned is another one that's in there. So that's praise there. Something about our confession and our praise which enables us to be made whole. And we see that really well in the, the story of the lepers. I'm going to tell you some more words. Sorry, this is the wordy bit. All right. <laughs> these now are going to be mostly from the Old Testament. A lot of them are in the Psalms. You do find them in other passages as well. So here are some other meanings of praise. All right? So there is, these are now Hebrew. <laughs> Halal. To shine. I love that. I love the thought of shining. One of the things I aim to do when I go anywhere in life is to shine. To boast. To glory. You're going to like this one. To act like a madman. <laughs> If I wasn't on video, I might do a demonstration, but hey, <laughs> there's a limit. <laughs> yeah. But don't you think that's, oh, well, I just think that's great. little seed for thought. So, so to praise is to act like a madman. I'll give you a scripture. Here we go. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And 2 Chronicles 20, 21, which is the Jehoshaphat story. He appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him in their holy garments. Well, they really were being madmen, as we'll see later if you don't know the story, <laughs> praising in front of a huge army. Yeah, so part of our praise, part of what praise means is to act like a madman. You've got it from me. You can act like madmen when you're praising God, okay? It's, it's in the Bible. And that halal is through loads and loads and loads of times in Psalms, that, that particular definition. Ugh. Might all go horribly wrong any minute now. It's really meant for photos, these. I think my papers aren't quite thick enough. I nicked it off my daughter this morning. <laughs> Here's another one. Pillar. All right, this one means adoration, thanksgiving, an act of public praise. There's a new one for us to think about. It's not just me and God. <laughs> it's not just me in my small corner quietly hidden away. An act of public praise. That's why I think this worshipping on the streets is so powerful. An act of public praise. Um, a hymn and a song. Okay, we're getting musical now. It's not just what we say. Actually, there's a bit of singing involved, a bit of music involved. <laughs> like that. 
renown and fame again. All right, here's an example, Psalm 100. Um, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That praise there is Hilah. And 2 Chronicles 20, 22, Jehoshaphat again. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushments. A couple of examples there, there are many more. But Hilah, Hilah. Bear with. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> Sabbath, which means to commend or to glory or to address in a loud voice. You might see a theme coming of these. All right. Uh, Psalm 63, verse 3. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. One example of that one. Sabbath. They went a little bit off piece, but because it isn't actually praise, but it's thanks and praise, thanks. They kind of can't, you can't kind of separate them. It's a couple that I want to draw your attention called Yada and Toda. Toda. Yeah, <laughs> somebody was going to do that. <laughs> and basically, these ones are to give thanks or thanksgiving, but also it's about to worship with extended hands. So, okay, now we're beginning to see our body is coming in here. Yeah, it's our voice, our expression, it's singing, it's music, and now it's our body as well. Um, worshipping with extended hand, making confession again, a hymn, a choir, praise. Oh, where were they? Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving again, his courts with praise. Uh. And, oh, never mind, sorry. A <laughs> um, couple of singing ones. Um, so there's ranan, which means to sing or shout for joy, to rejoice, to sing aloud, and to overcome. Bear that one in mind because that's going to come up again later. And to overcome. So when we sing, it carries in it in something about overcoming. Um, and then Zamar, sing your praise. And that's Psalm 149, verses 5 and 6. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Sorry, Roger. Let the, <laughs> Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Fantastic psalm, isn't it? These are great. Don't you think these psalms are great? So all these different words, all these different things that are in here. I'm nearly there. This one probably is my favorite. <laughs> Ruah. Make a joyful noise. Shout a war cry. Shout an alarm of battle. Shout in triumph. Shout for joy. Yeah. <laughs> Something about our praise that is it to do with war. And we all know that we're in a battle, aren't we? It's a spiritual battle, like I said at the beginning. Not to be fought with natural things, but with spiritual weapons. We need to get our ruah going. <laughs> we need to find our battle cry. We need to find our triumph song because in it, there's a place for overcoming. Um, where's that one? Psalm 100 verse 1 again. This is, this is the make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's ruah. And then also, just so that you get the context, Joshua. Yeah, Joshua chapter 6 verse 5, around the walls of Jericho. You're all familiar with that story. Then all the people shall shout, shall ruah with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down. Yeah, it's that same shout that the Israelites did that got them, that made the whole walls of a huge city fall down. Ruah. Oh. And then one last one, as I said, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's back in the New Testament, just to show you that it's in both, is this one, so it's Greek again. Salo. I don't know, a bit like Psalms, I presume you pronounce that. It's to play a stringed instrument, to sing, and to celebrate the praises of God in song. To celebrate the praises of God in song. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. 
I'll sing praise with my spirit, but I will also sing praise with my mind. That's in the congregation of believers. In James 5.13, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. All right? So there are lots of different words that give us probably, and I'm hoping and I'm trusting that by the Spirit of God, there's been something that, thought, oh, I never knew that was what praise was before. Oh, wow, that's, that's insightful. I've never seen that before. I trust that the, you'll let the Spirit and maybe take some of those away and, and dwell on them a little bit and think about what praise actually means. Some key things that come out, though, it's loud, it's noisy, it's exuberant, it's joyful, it's with our whole bodies, it's with instruments, and it's with our voices. You can't praise silently. You can't. I'm sorry. Like that, you can't. But I, you know, there's one thing. And I was thinking about this. And I was thinking how, like, actually, I'm a really different person now to what I used to be, which is a good thing, isn't it? Because if you're a Christian, you hope that you're being changed from one degree of glory to another. But one thing, when I first met Roger, um, and I was a late teenager, I was very quiet. I was very quiet. I was. I don't laugh. I was. I was very quiet. Very ethereal. No, very ethereal. Very poetic. You know, my ideal guy was going to have long, curly hair, little random glasses, sit by the river with me, writing poetries and nice, you know, songs. And I was in church one morning, and across the way, you'll laugh at this, but Anne will find this funny. Find this funny. Across the way, there was a new guy who turned up in church, and he was, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm sure he wasn't doing that really festive, but it felt like that at the time. And the spirit of God dropped into me, that's the kind of guy you're going to end up marrying. Isn't he lovely? And doesn't God know us better than we know ourselves and know what we need? See, I had a journey to do because I was really you know, introverted and couldn't, you know, say boo to it out loud to a goose. Uh, and in praise, I used to find that really hard. And I was laughing at myself when I was preparing this and thinking, well, you know, you guys who've only known me recently just probably wouldn't imagine that because when the Spirit of God gets inside of me, this prophetic cry in praise is something that's part of who I am because it's part of my identity in Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're an introvert, you're quiet, it's not comfortable, I've been there. Me too. Yeah? And actually, when the Spirit of God gets hold of you and gives you a revelation on something, it's no longer dependent on what our personality type is like. It's dependent upon the Spirit of God in us and what the yeah. Spirit of God wants to do and what the Spirit of God wants to bring out. So a little word there to you quiet ones who maybe find us noisy ones <laughs> a little bit of a challenge sometimes. And it's not for always, obviously. There are times where we do need to be quiet and reflective. I'm not saying that, so don't misquote me. But there are times where we need to let the cry out. We need to let the battle cry out. We need to let the exuberance out. We need to let the praise out. And we can't do it silently. But God in us will do it. So you'll be glad to know that I've covered two WH questions already. <laughs> not that how is a WH, but it counts as one. The how and what is praise. So just a quickie on who should praise just in case you don't know. Um, anyone who's in Jesus? <laughs> yeah? Let us. That's anyone who's in Jesus. Let us. Hebrews 13, 15, and 1 Peter 2, 9, proclaiming the excellencies of him who saved us. This is a challenging one. Anyone who wants to be acknowledged by God? Jesus said that those of you that acknowledge or confess, homologio, me before men, I'll confess them before my Father in heaven. I want to be there. I don't want to be, oh, Olive, you just never confess me in front of anyone. You were never prepared to do that. I can't confess you in front of my father. I don't want to be there. I want to be so proud, so boastful of Jesus and who he is and what he's done that he says, yeah, you, you didn't fear owning me in front of people. 
If you want to get into the presence of God, we all like that, don't we? We all think, yes, God, we love your presence. We want to get into your presence. Do you know that the way into the presence is through thanks and praise? Psalm 100. The temple was a model, wasn't it? It was a shadow of things to come. And in the temple, you enter the gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. You end up in the holy of holies with worship. But we can't separate them. You can't launch straight into the presence of God, I don't believe, always, without thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise are the way in to the presence of God. So if you are hungry for the presence of God, then thanksgiving and praise need to be something that, that you do. Then anybody who's righteous. Now, all of us in Jesus, we know, are righteous, yeah? Um, and Psalm 33 says, praise befits the righteous. Looks good on you. <laughs> yeah, that's what befits means, just in case anyone wasn't sure. Well, that's how I understand it. Psalm 147, verse 1, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is befitting. Yeah? So if we're the righteousness of Christ, which we've sung this morning, haven't we? Yeah, we are the righteousness of Christ, then praise befits us. I felt the spirit drop into me that maybe there are some of you out here that in the natural think you can't sing, yeah? And therefore you struggle with singing and, and worship and praise. I kind of felt like God said, it's not your, it's not your old DNA. That might be true in the natural, in, in the world. You would never dream of singing out there in, the, in a crowd. But now that you're born again, you've got different DNA. And praise suits you. Singing praise suits you. So, and it's great that Michael Flicker talked about this thing. He said, come along. If you feel like, oh, I can't sing, come along, find your voice. You know, you don't find your voice till you start using it. <laughs> and you know what? God isn't really that fussed about how beautiful it is. God is much more interested in it's coming from our heart. Yeah. God would far rather hear the praises of someone who is praising him with genuine authenticity than hear a beautiful voice that is out to yeah. please people. Far rather. So can I just encourage any of you who feel it's not you to sing your praises to God? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's part of your inheritance in Jesus. So that's who. Where should we praise God? Well, it starts in private, doesn't it? Us, God. <laughs> and I do like this verse in Psalm 149 that says, let them sing for joy on their beds. <laughs> Joyce, I bet you do that all the time. <laughs> One of my first memories of Joyce was when we went away on a church weekend at the Plaisance, and our room, I think, was next to Joyce, and I didn't really know Joyce then. And early in the morning, you could hear Joyce praising. I'm thinking, that's fantastic. So, yeah, there's I, I feel for you. But if we can't open our mouth and sing our praise in our own homes, we're not going to find it very easy to do it somewhere else. Having said that, sometimes in your own home can be quite difficult. I recommend outside in a field. That's good. A place to find your voice if you're a bit scared of people hearing it. Find a quiet place away from people. You do sometimes get shocked by a dog walker, but hey. <laughs> on your bike, that can be good as well, though again, people do shoot past and give you funny looks. In your car, I know Ange, when we were doing singing lessons, Ange used to do her singing practice in the car because she thought nobody could hear. <laughs> practice your voice, practice your praising in the car. Find somewhere where you find your expression of praise to God, you, God. But then we also are exhorted to do it in the congregation of the believers, yeah? amongst ourselves, other believers. That's where we need to learn to praise. There's another whole level of praise that happens when we do it in unity together, yeah? Where there's more than one person all doing the same thing, lifting up the name of Jesus, praising the name of Jesus. There's something that happens in the togetherness, in the congregation. So that's a really important place that we need to be praising God together. 
And then, like I've mentioned earlier, in public, <laughs> beyond the walls of the safety of church, out there on the streets, out there in front of our friends. However it is, whether it's through singing or through giving a testimony of what God has done for us, we need to be proclaiming the excellencies of him who's loved us and bring heaven to earth. Little plug, 11 o'clock Saturdays near Drummer Street. We've been going out to worship praise on the streets. And Connie, when she's around, and sometimes with some of her students, has been telling people about Jesus. It's fantastic. Do you know, I'm so, I feel so liberated <laughs> at having done I've wanted to do it for a while, but just haven't kind of known how to do it. So it's great that Mike and Flick had done it before, have brought it in, and with Phil and Maggie, and different people have been coming out. It's fantastic. It really is. And, like, I thought I'd be really embarrassed, if I'm honest. I did. I thought I'd be really embarrassed, especially if people I know walk past. But you know what? The first two times we did it, People I knew walked past. <laughs> Do you know what? It really doesn't bother me. And I just think, yes, this is a way I can speak the excellencies of him who loved me. This is a way I can tell people about Jesus, my singing, my praise on the street. It's fantastic. So do come and join us. It's been brilliantly and cold, hasn't it, Flick? <laughs> but it's only going to get better because spring is coming. So, hey, do come out and join us. Little plug. Okay, so we've done how should we pray and what do we pray? What is praise and how do we do it? Who's going to praise and where do we praise? I want to talk a little bit now about when and why. And again, I'm going to put those two together because they're kind of quite difficult to separate out. And there are some things in here that the Spirit of God, I think, is going to quicken to different people about the whens and the whys. So have your spiritual ears open as to what's relevant for you in this now moment, but then hopefully take some away that might be relevant for you at another time. So sometimes our praise is going to be retrospective. Yeah? Retrospective meaning to praise him for something that we've already received, that it's already done, we've already got it, it's in our hands. Yeah? A bit like the leper, <gasps> unclean, he went to give thanks to God because it had already happened. Yeah? So it's retrospective. Miriam, after the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea, got out of tambourine, started dancing and singing a song of praise to thank God for rescuing them and delivering them from the Israelites. For us, we are called to bless him who's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We're the other side of the cross. There's so much that we have to be grateful for, so much that we have to give praise for, so much that we can sing and, and, and thank God for. But you know what? Praise isn't praise until it's expressed, is it? I had a birthday earlier this week. My mother-in-law very kindly gave me a present. I'm very grateful. If I leave it there, she ain't ever going to know, is she? <laughs> she needs me to tell her, thank you. She needs me to say, oh, that was really kind that you did that. Yeah? So if we don't express our praise, if we just think it, it's not enough. He wants to hear our praise. He wants to hear us vocalize it. He wants to hear us say it out loud. It also, um, therefore, acts as a testimony when we, give, uh, when we praise God for, for what he's done, for something he's done for us, something that we've already got. It acts as a testimony, doesn't it? Now, when we're on the street singing about thank you for saving me or whatever, I can't even think now, but when we're singing the gospel, that's powerful because it's our personal testimony as much as anything else, isn't it? Um, but any time we sing of what God, or tell the praises of what God has done for us, it acts as a testimony. And we all know that first in Revelation 12, which says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And I think our praise is linked in with this, because when we're, if we're singing praise, we're saying what God has done. We're singing or saying and telling what God has done. And when we do that, it gives us a power to overcome. One of those words, I forgot which one, sorry, had that word overcome in it, do you remember? Yeah. So I think that's, that's a really important thing for us to remember. When we praise for what God has done for us, we remember and we recollect it and it gives power to overcome. So we can praise in retrospect of something we've already received. Probably that's the easy one, isn't it? We sometimes forget to do it, but actually it's quite easy to do that, isn't it? 
Yeah? But what about this one? Because some of the time you need to pray, praise in a prospective manner. Yeah? Prospective means something you're hoping for, something you're waiting for, something you're expecting, something that's still coming. You haven't got it in your hand yet. You know it's going to be yours because it's promised in Christ or it's a word he's spoken to you. You know it's coming, but you haven't got it yet. There's a power in wielding the sword of praise at those times. And I think there's an, you know, more powerful than when we do it retrospectively. It's really important that we do it retrospectively, but this is really important. I'm going to go to a very well-known passage and just pick out some verses. Sorry, I think you have had this one twice, but hey, I kind of thought, no, nope, I've got to go there again. <laughs> it's the story of Jehoshaphat, and it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm just going to pick out some verses because I know you have heard the story recently. So I'm assuming that you know that King Jehoshaphat um, had a bit of a problem. <laughs> and this was his problem in verse 3. Oh, no, it isn't in verse 3. The bit of the problem is the big, big crowd of enemies coming to fight against him. In verse 3, this is what happened. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself determinedly as his vital need to seek the Lord. Okay, so he had a need. He had fear because there was this huge army in front of him. That was the situation. Then in verse 6, this is what he prays. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? In your hands are power and might, so that none is unable to withstand you. Right? So he thought, he prayed, but in his praying, he was speaking of who God was, his revelation of who God was, that God was the one that was, was ruling. And then in verse 10, it says, Now behold, the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, um, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you gave us to inherit. God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand against this great company that's coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yeah? So faced with a problem, he remembers who God is. He reminds, almost like he's reminding God of who God is and what God has promised, but it, in a way it's reminding himself too, isn't it? Because when we voice out what God has spoken, it, it helps us. And his eyes are on God, not on the army in front of him. You know, when we've got situations in front of us that we don't know how to deal with, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be praising ahead of it because we know that God has promised what he, what he will do in, in that situation. So in the midst of the battle, that, that's when the praising happens. And then if you go on to verse 15, um, a, a, uh, so what, the Spirit of God comes on to one of the priests. And at the end of that verse, it says, The Lord says this, Do not be afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but, but God's. Yeah? So always that's true for us, isn't it? It's not our battle. We don't have to fight it. We don't have to win it. It's God's battle. He's already sent Jesus. It's already been done. And then verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord. And that's exactly what happened. And then verse 21 and 22, which I've mentioned in Halal and Hilal. Um, so Jehoshaphat consulted, and he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him in their holy garments as they went out before the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against them, and they killed each other. So they don't have to fight at all. They just had to stand still and praise. And I believe that the first prospective challenge that God wants to speak to us about today is that if we praise in the midst of our battle, God will cause the victory. Yeah. 
If we praise in the midst of our battle, God will cause the victory. It takes faith, it takes standing. You know, and the, I think this key that the Israelites often sang, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his steadfast love or his loving kindness endures forever. Yeah. Sometimes I've been in a place where that's, that's, that's just what you have to call out. You can't see anything else, but we know that is true. That is always true. And if I take my eyes off what I see in front of me and start declaring, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever, yeah? Yeah? Then actually it begins to do something and it changes things. See, two things I think happen when we do this. Firstly, it changes our perspective. And then secondly, it makes a way for God to be able to bring a victory in. So my first challenge in this when when and why is that if you've got a battle or something that you're waiting for, um, that you don't see yet, and you feel like you're in the midst of the battle, then praise. Use your weapon of praise, and God will give you the victory. Mm-hmm. Second one of these is, what about fear? Any of you feeling that you're in a situation that's causing you to fear? You see, if we praise in the midst of our fear, God will give us peace, and God will give us hope. In Psalm 63, I'm not going to turn to it, the psalm was written by David, when Absalom, his son, was trying to take over the throne. So David has already known God through all sorts of things. He's been king. Now he's fleeing for his life because his son wants to rise up and kill him and take the throne. He's in fear. But what does he do? That's where that psalm is, you know, his loving kindness. Because of your loving kindness, I will sing praise to you. He sings praise. So my second challenge of your when and why is that if you're facing fear, praise. And peace and hope will come in in its stead. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 is the next one. I really felt like the Spirit of God drop in me this. If we praise in our prison or our place of bondage, we'll be set free. And our prison doors will be opened and our chains will fall off. Let's read that one. Acts 16, 25. You've probably guessed who it is. (laughs) No prizes because you're not a Sunday school man. (laughs) About midnight... As Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. So Paul and Silas, just in case you didn't know, had been preaching the gospel and as a result of that, they'd been locked up in prison, they'd been beaten, they'd been put into the deepest, darkest part of the prison and chained with the biggest chains that the the prison officer could find. That's a challenge, isn't there? isn't it? I'm not sure, if I'm honest, if I'd have been praising God at that point in time. Probably if I'd had Joyce in there with me, she'd have been doing it, so then I'd have felt stirred up to do it. (laughs) I don't know. But hey, that's a challenge, isn't it? But they were, despite their wounds, despite the bleak outlook, they were praising God, and it enabled God to move and to break break their bondages. The prison doors opened, the chains fell off. See, there's something supernaturally powerful when we praise God. Now, we might not be in a physical prison, but some of us might feel like there are things that are like chains on us. We might feel like we're in a prison in a spiritual way, that something, we're locked up in something that we can't get free from. You've tried all sorts of things and you can't get free. And I believe that the word of God to us today is that when you praise, you'll find that there's a key to let you out of that prison. Because when you praise, when you declare the praises of God, he can open prison doors. He can break the chains that are binding you. So my challenge to you, if that's you, let the Spirit of God work on that. Find songs of praise in your place of prison, and you'll see the chains fall off. The next one I felt the Spirit say was, if we play praise in our place of barrenness, we'll see fruit. 
Isaiah 54, verse 1, sing, O barren one who didn't bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. It was, um, I had some revelation on this probably a couple of years back now. Um, and I'd been listening to a preach by Bill Johnson about the presence of God and about breakthrough and about barrenness. And it just came back to me yesterday when I was thinking about this. And he, there's a quote that Bill Johnson said was, the shout of joy in the middle of barrenness is the breakthrough. We've often faced barrenness in our lives, don't we? It might be a natural thing or it might be a spiritual thing. A few years back, probably a couple, I can kind of lose track of time, don't you? I was kind of talking to God about how I felt really barren in terms of like seeing people saved or being a witness for Jesus in that whole area. Do you get what I'm saying? I felt like, God, I'm so barren in this area. I feel like I'm not seeing what I, what, what I want to see in this sort of area. And, the start, and this preach about giving a cry of joy in the midst of barrenness, God started to speak to me through it. And I started to look and to sing, to start to praise God through this whole thing and, and actually start declaring and singing out about who I was in Jesus and about how I'm a witness. So actually often now, if you were following me on my bike on the way to work, you'd hear me singing things like, you know, thank you that I'm the light of the world today. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm an ambassador for Jesus. I'm a sweet smell of Jesus. Some are going to hate the smell. Some are going to love the smell. But songs that actually talk about who I am in Jesus and how I am a witness for him because that's who God's made me. I am now a witness, an ambassador for Jesus. And so I started to put some of those things on my lips. And it's, I'm not saying now that, you know, the fools have been saved yet, but I know that in the midst of barrenness, it, cha- it changes, something changes. So again, I just want to talk to any of you that are feeling that you've got areas of barrenness in your life, whether it's in your spiritual walk or whether it's naturally, that the place of, that the shout of praise, and I think it probably is that ruler one, isn't it? The shout of praise in the midst of that barrenness is the key to the breakthrough. And this one's one for our society today, isn't it? If we praise in our despair or our heaviness or depression, whatever word you want to use, our spirit is lifted. Isaiah 61 verse 3, to give them the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment or mantle of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Again, this is another one that some years ago, I remember feeling really heavy about something. I don't remember what it was now, but really heavy. I went for a walk because that's what I do, (laughs) talking to God by the river because that's where I like to go. Um, and I just felt God drop into my mind, the antidote to despair is praise. And I've kept that, and I've remembered that. So now that if ever I start to feel that uh, come upon me, and we all do, don't we, sometimes feel that uh, come upon us, you know what I mean, that heaviness come, I think, no, the antidote to that is to praise. And actually, when we start praising God, it lifts our spirit. Because again, we take our eyes off ourselves, our circumstances, the things that are making us feel, uh, and it puts them back onto God, who is, who is who is more than able, more than able, has everything in, in his hands, more than able to help us. So I feel that there's a challenge for any of you today, if you're feeling whenever, any of us might feel this, but particularly if you're feeling it now, a spirit of heaviness on you, that the antidote to that is to praise. You need to learn to wield the weapon of praise in the midst of that situation. It's the last thing your flesh feels like doing. I understand that. It's the last thing. It's really hard. Sacrifice of praise doesn't mean it's easy. It's really hard. I get that. I get that. And sometimes it's, in the, I've praised in, through tears. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you're praising God, but you're crying at the same time. Because your spirit knows that that's where you need to go. But your flesh and your mind and your body take a bit of getting, getting there as well, don't they? So I get it's hard. I get that. But it really is the answer. The antidote to despair is praise. Learn to wield it when we're feeling that. Let out that praise song, that shout. And let, let, find that your spirit will be lifted. Let the heaviness goes. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12 says, You've turned my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth. 
sackcloth is what people used to wear in the olden days to show they were mourning. Itchy, unflattering, uncomfortable. I don't want to look like that. <laughs> and you've clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. And Psalm 42, I, I, loved, I fell in love with this psalm when I was a student and it was all a bit like, oh, I don't know anybody and all that. I'm feeling a bit down here. <laughs> Talks about like, why are you so downcast, oh, my soul? I will yet again praise God. And then there's this verse that says, my soul is downcast, therefore I will remember you. Yeah? And there's something about when we start remembering and focusing on God that lifts our spirit. So there's some fantastic verses in there that just, just really help us in that time. And I pray that, you know, if that's you, that you'll learn to wield the weapon of praise in, the, in those times and find your, your, your spirit lifted. So those are the things that I felt God say he wanted to highlight about our perspective of praise. But there's one more when and why, and that's continually and at all times kind of covered in both those others, but just going to make a point of it. Sometimes we feel like there's a time where praise isn't right. Oh, I don't want to do it. But actually, God says continually, let, your, let the praise of God continually be in your mouth. And you know, there's that verse, isn't there? When Jesus came into Jerusalem, um, all the religious people got a bit uppity about the fact that everyone was saying, Pray, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. And, you know, they got, got a bit uppity in it. And Jesus' reply to them was, if they stay silent, the very stones will cry out. See, the truth is God is going to be praised. He already is in heaven. His 24 elders, the living creatures, everyone, day and night, 24-7, <laughs> praising God. God is going to be praised. God is going to be praised. I want to be one of the ones that are praising him, and I don't want to be silent so that the stones have to do it for me. I want to be one that's praising him. If we stay silent, the rocks will cry out. It might be costly. It is a sacrifice. But if we learn to wield the weapon of praise, at all times, we'll see strongholds come down yeah. and perspectives and outcomes change. So that's when and that's why. And I just pray that the Spirit of God will drop things into you that you need now, but also that you'll need in the future, that they'll come back to you and that you will be one <laughs> that wields that weapon of, weapon of faith. I'm just going to say now, so when we were praying before, when we were praying, Maggie said that she felt that there was a commissioning about what I was going to bring today. And for me, when she said that, I thought, yeah, it's this. You know, I feel like, guys, I want to commission you to wield your weapon of praise, particularly in these situations that I've just highlighted now, those five areas. I want to commission you. This is what God says you're equipped to do, and this is something that's going to change things. Yeah, so hear that one. So I want to put a little caveat now on what stops us. Now, you might think, well, that's a bit negative, isn't it? But actually, you know, always <laughs> when we're doing things, what are the obstacles that might get in the way of us doing it? Because we have to be realistic, don't we, and say, they will, won't they? Yeah, what might get in the way? Well, number one is that we listen to the lies of Satan. <laughs> remember he's our accuser and he only comes to rob, kill and destroy so he might come accusing me and saying Olive you're being a hypocrite praising now yeah probably I am because I don't feel like it in my flesh but the Bible says to do it and because my spirit man is rising up I'm going to do it anyway yeah and there comes a release in that maybe he says you're not worthy to do it maybe there's something a bit awry in my life and he can accuse me of that uh-uh, I'm washed clean. I'm made whole by the blood of the Lamb. I'm righteous. Praise befits the right righteous. So that's one thing that might happen. Let's be aware when the enemy tries to rob us from praise. You know, he does. <laughs> he does, he does, he does, because he knows how powerful it is. So I think it's something we need to wise up about and be aware of and not let him rob us of it. 
Sometimes it can happen, can't it? You know, I've had seasons where I've had to really battle through and it feels sometimes like your whole song is going and I'm going, God, don't let my song die because it's so important and you sometimes have to battle through but it is really important that, that we don't let the enemy rob us of it. Maybe we don't do it because we don't think it's important. It's often the way, isn't it? We don't do something because we haven't really grasped it. So if that's you today, I just pray that the spirit of, you, you'll ask, God, show me. Show me why it's important that I wield the weapon of praise and help me to do it. Maybe we go by our feelings and our flesh. You can't always blame the enemy. Sometimes it's us. Yeah, if we're honest. Sometimes it's just me. I don't feel like it today. That's me. <laughs> I can't be bothered. I've got a sore throat. <laughs> so many times I've been going out to praise on the throat street. I've got a sore throat in the morning. And I'm thinking, no, I'm going to praise because I want, you know. Sometimes we have to shrug those things off. Pride. We don't praise because of our pride. We're worried what people will think of us. What will it look like if I act like a madman? What will it sound like if I let rip loudly, exuberantly? What will people think? We're more worried about what other people think of us than we are about Jesus. There's a verse in John 12, verse 42, which speaks of some of the religious leaders. And it said that they, they believed in Jesus, but they wouldn't confess him because they loved the praise of men more than they loved the praise of God. I don't want that to be me. I want to love the praise of God more than I love the praise of men. So if that is getting in the way of me exuberantly praising, then I need to get rid of that. So those are some things that I think might stop us. So I'm going to conclude by just reminding you of some things, and then we're going to respond to what God wants to do in our hearts. So I hope that I've been able to exhort you to want to wield the weapon of praise. Some of you will already be doing it, I hope you're encouraged to keep going and maybe you've seen some new things in it about what God wants us to do. Think about all these words and what's in them and what praise actually really is. And remember those five areas. Praise in the midst of the battle so that God can give you the victory. Praise in the midst of fear so that you can find hope and peace. Praise in your prison or your place of bondage so that you can be set free and the chains can fall off. Praise in your barrenness so that you can see fruit. Praise in despair so that your spirit is lifted. And for those of you who think, that's oh, not for me. I'm not a singer. I can't sing, can't play, too quiet, too shy. Remember, praise befits the righteous. It's now who you are in Christ Jesus. I invite you to stand, please. I think because the nature of this, this is about what we have got to go out there and do, yeah. I'm not going to say, if you want to learn to do that, come and st stand here and I'll pray with you because I can't do it for you. <laughs> it's one of those things that you have got to go and do. So what I'm going to invite you to do is just spend a minute with God, take what the Spirit has quickened into your heart and determine that you're going to do it. Yeah? Determine that you're going to do it. If you need to then find someone to stand with you and do it with you as you go into the week, then that's fine. Find a way of doing it. But let's just make our own response to what um, God has done for us. So I'm going to pray and just invite you to just respond. So God, we just want to say thank you that you've given us the weapon of praise. Thank you that it has power, divine power, for the pulling down of strongholds. Thank you that it has divine power 
that will break through any other thought that sets itself up against God. Thank you that as those that believe in you and have been made righteous in Jesus, thank you that now praise befits us. It's part of who we are. God, I pray that right now across this room you'd open our eyes afresh to see the importance of praise. That you'd drop into our spirit again some of the meanings of what praise is and that we would go forward from today into the rest of our lives determining to wield that weapon of praise, to branch out into new things that we've not done before, (laughs) to express our praise to you. That God, we would be a people who proclaim the excellencies of him who saved us. That we would be a people that have a song on our lips, that continually (laughs) offer up to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, the fruit of lips that confess you. God, we want to determine that we are a people that confess you, that confess you, Jesus. And Father, right now, I just pray for those five areas of the whens and whys. Lord, as you've spoke to people across the room on those things, I pray that you'd help them to let that seed fall into good soil and that this week as they go forth, they would start to wield that sword of faith and to see change happen. Thank you that when we wield that sword of faith, sword of praise in faith, you can change our perspective and you can change outcomes. God, we just join our faith together and say, yes, yes, God, we believe that that is the case. We believe that that is true. And we look forward to hearing the testimonies of people who will say, I praised in this and this changed. I praised and I saw this. Lord, I pray that you'd make us wise to the things that would stop us from doing it. That, Lord, we would be a people that determined to praise you. Lord, we're on our own selves, privately with you, when we're together with other believers, but also out there in the world where people need to know the excellencies of you, know all about you. God, we want to make our praise public. God, we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done in this whole area of praise, that on this earth we would bring heaven to earth in praising you. In the name of Jesus. Sing hallelujah, our God reigns. Voices then. Hallelujah, our 
God reigns. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, our God reigns forever all my days. Hallelujah. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do, yeah. Let's sing all of you. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield.
praise you, Lord. We vow to praise you, Lord, all of our days as you go out this week. Praise God in every situation. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him and see those walls fall down. So, Father, we promise, we say, we will praise you because you who have promised us, you are faithful. So, we praise you for things that we haven't seen yet. We praise you, God. We praise you until we see the manifestation of those things and we will praise you some more. So, Father, we thank you. So, may the Lord bless you this week and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance about you and give you his shalom in Jesus' name. Amen.